the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. It's a big day. It's earnings season. A lot going on. Rates are dropping in reaction this morning's slate of economic data. It seems like 5%. They're starting to become a theory that 5 to 5.25% is as high as rates can go. So we're pretty close to the top before they can move lower. Moving them lower will be stimulative, is the thought. Relative weakness in mega cap stocks, which as we discussed, it's it's okay. They're still doubling their performance of the S&P 500. It's kind of valuation grinding down. But there's also a lot of geopolitical worries after Israel's prime minister, Netanyahu, says his country is preparing for ground invasion. CFP Chad Burton with EP Wealth. He's going to be doing a big event with me this weekend, Saturday, 10 to noon. We've discussed him putting on a wrestling singlet and <laughs> knocking me down to the ground for your entertainment value. No, <laughs> he's going to be doing the seven retirement, seven tests of retirement readiness from 10 to noon at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Foster City, right on 92 and 101. It's a great, easy location to get to. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to do lunch with uh, Prospect uh, later that day in my hometown of San Carlos. I've moved to Marin, but it's good. I like the getting to see people, right, Chad? Um, before we get, let's talk a little bit about the event and let's talk a little bit about what I opened with what's happening in the world, what's happening with valuations. And then let's get into your content shortly thereafter. I think people are actually more wondering about the singlet thing that you're just talking about. <laughs> this is, this is why you don't t- say anything to Rob. And then all of a sudden you're going to find out that it's on air. <laughs> so before we went on air, Chad and I talked about like, uh, boxes of clothes in our house that we've had for 20 or 30, 40 years. And he wrestled in high school, college. And uh, I said, you should so wear that wrestling outfit again. Do it at the <laughs> seminar. And I started laughing like a little boy with all my teeth showing. Yeah. Rob starts. I come in with a single leg takedown, knock Rob out, take the mic and just do the whole event in my singlet. Right. right? It would be <laughs> epic. So it would make the internet. It would be memorable. <laughs> there would be memes galore. Might be the last one we ever do, but it would be memorable. Wrestler takes down Wall Street. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so that's 10 to noon this week, and people can sign up at your website, chadburton.com, chadburton.com. Any thoughts on the rate maybe getting towards peak levels, maybe the mega cap stocks coming down? Any stories jumping out at you on Wall Street? Um, I, I don't know about the mega cap stocks necessarily coming down, because if you look at the NASDAQ, it's still negative from January of 2022. Um, so it was way down last year and way up this year, right? So if you kind of put a two-year perspective together and you have more of a a balanced portfolio since January of 2022, balanced meaning you know value and growth in your stocks, then you're even though this year you're underperforming over a two to two and a half year period, you're actually ahead of the game. That's how investing works sometimes. The S&P 500 right now is just really weighted towards tech stocks because it's the largest 500 companies in the world, and that's what has been making everybody more productive as tech. 
And uh, if if you don't believe in this AI revolution, your head is under a rock. It's made life, it's making life a lot easier for people. Now, is it scary? Yes, but there is real revenue there. I mean, how many people I know that signed up for the 20 bucks a month chat GBT version, the higher end version, or downloaded apps on their iPhone? Um, so tech is real. You just don't own just tech. Um, have rates maxed out? I think we're getting close, Rob, because you can... You know, as a financial advisor with clients across the board in different areas, I'm hearing about, you know, slowdowns more than I'm hearing about hiccups, right? In terms of, I think anybody, everybody knows real estate agents and mortgage brokers, and they're making about, a, in a, some cases, a third of what they used to make in the previous year. So that slows things down. Rates are high, so people aren't upgrading their homes. Um, there's a lot of uh, younger tech firms that, you know, have been around for two or three years worth of funding, but they hadn't turned a profit yet. And a lot of doors closing in that area. Um, but it's a slowdown. And that's what the Fed wanted to create is a slowdown. And why did they have to create it? It's because of PPP loans and everything else that the government did to overstimulate. Now they're trying to reverse it. Um, the issue is, is it's really good for retirees that have their safe money because now we can earn, you know, 5% plus on safe money. And so while it's a painful period of time and inflation is really hurt, I think if you rebalance portfolios, take advantage of some of these higher rates, then you're going to be happy in the long run. Good commentary. Thank you. Um, let's talk about what we're going to be talking about this weekend, Saturday, 10 to noon. What are the various stages of transitioning to a retirement portfolio? Because that's essentially to me. I'm wealthy-ish, and I'm 50-ish, and moving towards retirement-ish. Uh, what are the various, <laughs> various stages? I, the first one I see is 10 years, and I, I, that's me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's So that's when people start to say, okay, about 10 years away, um, you know, your kids have been out of college for a little while. You're trying to max out your 401k catch up. And you're like, okay, maybe I'm getting close and I do a financial plan. I'm 10 years from retirement, but I've always been an aggressive investor. So it's been all stocks in the 401k and the Roth and everywhere else. And then you start to look forward and you have to realize that your risk tolerance will change drastically when you go from having a paycheck and taking a little bit of that paycheck and always seeing your wealth grow in your 401k to no longer having a paycheck and that 401k is your main source of income at retirement. And so that volatility of market corrections, even though the stock market has averaged over 11% over the last 50 years and it's positive, something like 74 to 76% of the time, um, those there are those negative pullbacks and those corrections and you can't draw out of your portfolio when those happen because then you end up with less shares in the market to recover and it's a mathematical issue. So it becomes an issue of how do I transition in 10 years from a wealth accumulation portfolio to a distribution style portfolio, a portfolio that's set up to get good returns, but also buffer the downside on the market and create consistent income. So and what I mean by that is there's a lot of form of passive income, right, Rob? Absolutely. What's, what's, what's your favorite form of passive income? Dividends. Exactly. Dividends on stocks. I love dividend achievers. We've been talking about this since 1999 on radio, right? Remember that old book, Merchants, Dividend Achievers? No, I do. I used to bring yeah, in seminars because they're cool. Um, and I, I'd read that like um, you might read a, a, a spy book or, you know, that, that was fun stuff for me, but... Yeah, Anyhow. absolutely. Well, it's just companies that have, uh, they, they pay a dividend. So if you look at the S&P 500, most of the companies in the S&P 500 do pay a dividend. 
certain companies called dividend achievers that have a history of increasing their dividend by at least 10% a year. Um, and so those are dividend achievers. There's other metrics that you have to look at, like what's the, the, the dividend payout ratio? Uh, what's the debt? Are they f- financing their dividends? So you got to be careful. But what's great about dividends, especially dividend achievers, is that even when the stock market is down, the income continues to come in from those dividends. And sometimes they even go up. Like in 2009, even though the stocks were down, most of the dividend achievers still raised their dividend. Um, and so you get paid to wait through the recovery and then you have bonds that create income and those are more attractive than they've been since 2006. And then real estate, a real estate investment trust can Mm -hmm. create some very tax efficient income and really good long-term returns. And they've already gone through a really massive correction since January, 2022. We'll pick this up when we come back. You can sign up for the event at chadburton.com. It's 10 to noon this Saturday, Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City, seven retirement readiness test sign up at chadburton.com that's chadburton.com that's this saturday 10 to noon i'm rob black he's chad burton think you're in good shape for retirement find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Saturday, October 28th in San Mateo. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate, and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness, Saturday, October 28th, 10 a.m. to noon at the Crown Plaza in San Mateo. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. CFP Chad Burton is with us today, taking a look at what's working on Wall Street. Usually, if you want to drop me an email right now, I'll get it on before the end of the show. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com, and I'll see if Chad can answer in the last segment of the show today. Chad, let's talk um, a little bit more. We've talked a little market, but maybe we'll jump back into that. But let's talk um, about some of your content. You've already hit some of the various stages of transitioning to a retirement portfolio. You've been talking more and more about the early retiree at age 65 phase. Um, is that early to you? Uh, yeah. So, the, and the reason why this is <laughs> so much more important is there, there's a couple. So back in 2017, when, when the, the tax act was passed, it changed tax brackets significantly, Rob. It uh-huh. increased the standard deduction. Um, it changed how people itemize because of the cap on state and local income taxes being deductible on the federal return. But it also kind of split off the ordinary income bracket from the capital withdrawal strategy is even more important. But the other part of this that really changed it is the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, Covered California, whatever you want to call it in in your state. Um, There is... You know, now we have limited choices, right? When if we're retiring before age 65, 65, you get on Medicare. And the process is, is three months before 65, you sign up. Um, you you got to pick your supplemental plan because Medicare Part A you pay is free. Medicare Part B, you pay for it right out of your Social Security check. If you're taking Social Security, if not, you pay for it. 
and your supplemental insurance and, um, uh, and prescription drugs and things like that. But prior to that, let's say you had a liquidation event at 60, you, your stock options came in, or maybe you were forced into retirement. So you're like, okay, I'm retiring now and I'm 60 years old. You got health insurance issues. You can go on Cobra for a period of time, but eventually you realize that's really expensive. So I'm going to look at like a certain type of, maybe it's a platinum plan with Covered California. You used to be able to go shop whatever insurance company you want, but that's not the way it is anymore. Because with the Affordable Care Act, all those individual plans pulled out of various states, right? So the interesting thing is that the this thing called premium tax credits, which is the government paying for part of those healthcare plans for you is not based on net worth. I'll let that sink in for a minute. It's not based on net worth. So you could have $10 million in your 401k and you know enough cash in your bank to live from 60 to 65. And the only thing that's showing up on your tax return is the interest that you're earning on your cash, right? And so that might not be much. You have plenty of assets to live. You're wealthy, but your tax return says your modified adjusted gross income is 60 grand. And you can get most of your insurance premiums paid for between your early retirement age and age 65 if you do your planning correctly. Okay. So, and and we're talking about, we're not talking about small dollars. We're talking about 15 to 20 grand a year in some cases, depending on your family. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Um, yeah. I can, see the, I can see the math there. So we used to talk significantly about, okay, the, the golden age to convert money from your IRA or your 401k to a Roth is from the date of retirement to age 73, which is your required minimum distribution age, right? That's yeah. that's when you have to start pulling money out of your IRAs and 401ks and you start to lose control of your tax bracket. So in the past, it was from the date of retirement to age 73. That's the golden time to do all of that planning. Move a little money out of your IRA each year, pay a little bit of taxes, because you know you're going to be at a higher tax bracket in the future once you have to start pulling your money out at 73. And then it goes into a Roth IRA. It grows tax-free forever. You can pass it on to your heirs for another 10 years. They get tax-free growth. And Roth IRAs, Rob, don't have required minimum distribution. So the more that you do between retirement age and 73, the more control you're going to have over your tax bracket in the future. It's really important. That's one of the, the biggest ways that you can have control over your retirement and how long your money is going to last is by paying the least amount of taxes over a 35-year period. Um, you think a basic... This is a fair question. I'm going to try to say it politely. Do you think a basic financial planner who works for a big firm, like maybe a Fidelity, and I'm not knocking Fidelity of financial planners, but the basic ones, you know, the entry level job positions in the industry, do you think they're doing things like that or is it too complicated? Well, it's too complicated and they don't, uh, they aren't allowed to give full on financial advice. Okay. So, I mean, we, we get referrals from some of the custodians out there, um, Fidelity and Schwab both, where when they have high net worth clients and they need advanced estate planning, tax planning, concentrated stock positions, um, you know, tax analysis and things like that, they refer them to us. That's what we do. Um, so a lot of people will do it themselves and go to Fidelity and Schwab, which are both really good custodians to invest and save money all on your own. But it gets more complicated at retirement, especially because of taxes. So the first instinct, if you're 60 years old and you're retired and all of a sudden you're at a really low bracket, is to start conver converting money from an IRA to a Roth. But if you don't have software that shows you those pitfalls that, oh, yeah, you might be at a 12% federal bracket, but every time you convert money from an IRA to a Roth, you're losing another 8.5% on premium tax credits. 
that conversion all of a sudden be, instead of being 12% cost is 20.5% cost. And so then you have to look at your brackets in the future over age 73 and say, is that still a good deal? So there's a very specific planning from early retirement to age 65, then from age 65 to the date that you start taking social security is another plan, right? And then from social security to age 73, when you your required minimum distributions kick in and your tax brackets change again, that's another plan. And then it's a, after 73, you can automate it a little bit more. But the reason why I say to age social security is because if you can afford to retire in the Bay area, 85% of your social security is taxable income. Wow. And I know that's frustrating. The formula makes zero sense. I'll talk about that at the event. Um, but it, you know, your social security creates taxable income, which reduces your ability to convert IRA to a Roth. Um, and then at age 73, you have to start taking money out of your IRAs and 401ks and you have to take that money out first, pay the taxes on it. And if you want to convert, you still can, but you first have to take that money out and pay taxes on it. Um, so a lot goes into it. And even just, you know, next break, we can talk about when to take social security. Yeah, we will do that. And right now I want to talk about the seven tests of retirement readiness. CFP Chad Burton will be in town October 28th, 10 to noon at the Crown Plaza, Foster City, or Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City, San Mateo. Um, great location. He's going to be going over the seven tests, including taxes, income in retirement, long-term care. What is safe money in these markets? Investing, life goals, health and wellness, and much, much more. I'm going to be talking about how my family uses a CFP. You can sign up for the event at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. The last segment in the podcast broadcast was amazing. I'm in my mid-50s, early mid-50s, still very handsome. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I got to throw that in there. Um, and, and I look at that chat and I'm like, okay, 401k to Roth conversions, do it in my retirement years, but don't do it before my retirement. Like that's, that's really good content. I, I just want to say good job. Um, because most people I, in retirement, I, I want to go to Spain. I want to go to France. I don't want to be doing these, this, this thinking, and I don't want to be doing the studying. So that's why I use a CFP, something we're going to talk about at the event this weekend, Saturday, 10 to noon. Um, let's move on, though, shall we? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, let's talk about the taxes again for a minute, because there okay. is tax efficient investing and a proper tax efficient withdrawal strategy is one of the best ways that you can make your money last longer in retirement. It's one of the things that you can actually control the cost over. You can't control the order of stock market returns. You can know that it, the stock market S&P 500 over the next 30 years will probably still average 11% over that period of time, like it has in the last 50. But you don't know how those returns are going to come. A couple good years in a row and then a bad year. It could be 10 years in a row that are really good and then two or three really bad. You don't know. You can't control that but you can control which accounts you draw from first and maxing out your various tax brackets. And if one thing is 100% true is that taxes are going up in the future because we all know that the spending isn't going to be cut in our government. Right. I mean, every single president has continued to spend more money. Isn't it Um, shocking? It's well, when you start to have the federal reserve comment on, you know, this, 
trajectory of debt growth is not sustainable. Now, our debt versus GDP is fine right now, but the rate at which it's growing is not okay. And the reason why rates are probably close to topping out is because the economy is starting to slow a bit. And that's healthy. You know, slowdowns in a recession is perfectly healthy. It's all part of it. But, you know, the government has issued so many bonds recently, that's where the payments are going up. I mean, now that you can get by laddering a monthly maturity T-bill and T-note portfolio, treasuries with the U.S. government, you can earn 5% or more. That's the government paying you that money. That's part of the budget now. And so taxes are going to go up. This is the lowest brackets that I've seen since I've been in the business. This is my 30th year, Rob. And taxes went down. And it was stimulating the economy. And then we went to COVID. And then the government created the PPP loans and the ERC credits and all this stuff that created of money, essentially, a lot of that money went to people that didn't end up needing it. And it caused a lot of inflation. So now they're reversing that. And the, the, the sad thing is, is the people that don't have a lot of money that are paying the most. You know, if you and I go to the grocery store and we spend double on our groceries, we're blessed, right? We've built a business over the years. It would have killed us 20, 30 years ago when we were starting this out, but it doesn't hurt us now. But, you know, when I was a kid, it was me, my sister and my mom that it would have destroyed. It would have been months where we couldn't pay rent. And that's unfortunate. So I don't know. I'm going off on a total tangent now, but taxes are going up in the future um, because of baby boomers on Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security. And uh, we need to prepare for that now. If you want to see the coolest website, I just sent you a link to it. It's usdebtclock.org, usdebtclock.org. And it shows you debt per taxpayer in the United States on a federal level, $259,000. On a state level, we're at about $3,800 per citizen. On a debt per citizen, local debt, $7,100. This is the most disturbing website you'll ever look at. It shows cost of living. It shows living in poverty. It shows bankruptcies. Um, it's discouraging to look at. Do you, You're not discouraged, huh? You think we're going to pull through this uh, debt bubble in the United States? Or uh, it's, I don't want to use the word bubble. Uh, uh, well, word, I do eventually. I think it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be an issue of somebody coming in on the outside. And I think we're setting up for maybe, you know, more of an independent party now since both parties are such a disaster. Um, but somebody just has to tackle the financial issues because protecting the country and, and finances, you know, that's, that's, that should be the number one and number two job of the, of the president, right. And our government and everything else should be kind of done locally. Um, and somebody's gonna have to come in and be real on it. Um, to fix the problem. And it's, it's just not, it's not just debt and spending. It's, uh, there's there's so many issues with even the American diet causing healthcare problems that are causing diabetes, which is like one of every three dollars that's spent on Medicare, and it's because of the food that's allowed in this country. Um, it, it's it's crazy. So, but with that said, I don't want people to get spooked and say I'm going to go sell this and go buy gold. We will get through this. This has been the same story. This story has been around since you and I started doing radio in '99 together, and you started before that. It's always been an issue, but it's more of an issue for, you know, my grandkids if it's the same trajectory. So somebody's got to change it. And just like the stock market goes through cycles, the human race goes through cycles too. You know, if summer, springs, and winters, if you listen to any futurists and things like that, we're just kind of going through a tough, rocky time right now, but we'll get out of it and be off to the races again someday. But we definitely need a good leader that brings people together. That's for sure. When I was 10 years old, I visited New York City. Um, I was living in, in Greece at the point in time, and uh, I saw the debt clock for the first time in uh, 
the big uh near broadway mm-hmm. and uh it freaked me out then <laughs> and that was only at you know 100 billion plus and looking at it today you're like whoa anyway um let's get on to cheerier topics uh social security <laughs> Yeah, this is a big debate and you see it all over CNBC. You see it on Yahoo Finance. Should you take it at 62 or take it at 70? And some people say 62 because you might as well spend it and enjoy it. Some people say 70 because you get a bigger payout. I'm supposing there's not a right answer, but where do you fall in this one? Well, it's more and more people are being, you know, we're telling them to wait till they're 70 because um, and that's if you're going to live longer, you know, into your typically your mid 80s. Yep. But we still use software to analyze this and create different scenarios, long life expectancy, short life expectancy. But then you have to look at the plan and say, okay, take Social Security. Well, let me let me just give you an example, Rob, of, of a client that we just did one for. Okay. Um, so in the plan, we would originally said, okay, we're probably going to wait till 70 when we ran the plan years ago to take Social Security. And that's when it's been projected in the cash flow of his plan. Um. But he started working really early in life and then retired uh, uh, early. And so for the last several years, hasn't had any income. And the Social Security formula is a little bit lumpy and odd. It's it's it sometimes comes up with some odd results. (laughs) So leave it to our government. But that's the way it works. So we ran his Social Security analysis and um, uh, he's 66 in two months right now. And for him, the break-even point was he was going to have to live till 90. If So if he took Social Security now um, and a lower payment versus waiting to age 70, so um, you know a little less than four years of no income for a much higher income starting at age 70, he had to live till age 90 to break even. And that's one of the later ones I've seen. Typically, it's mid, you know, early, like 83, 84, 85 timeframe. But in his case it made more sense to take it now on paper. Right. Um, But in his scenario, we're trying to do some other planning, estate planning, because there's a lot of assets going to be left over to the kids. So we're doing a lot of IRA to Roth conversions along with charitable gifting right now. And so in this case, we're trying to balance that estate planning with maximizing social security. Right. So it's going to be somewhere in the middle and everybody's a little bit different. Um, for example, Robbie, you could tell somebody that, Hey, your social security analysis tells you it's way, way better to wait until you're 70 to take social security. So you might be 65. Now your full retirement age is age 67 before you get a ding from taking social security early. Um, so you should wait till you're age 70. But if that person, the only assets that they have to live off of is a 401k, that's hundred percent taxable that might not still be the best bet. So you have the social security analysis, which gives you the break even on the different options for social security, taking it at 62, taking it at your full retirement age, taking it right now, taking it at age 70, all those different options. But then how does that work with your overall financial plan, your tax situation and your estate plan? So it it all works together. Yeah. And again, it's good that we have software or that you have software that helps analyze this. Because I think most of us out there, Chad, are doing analysis like, well, I'm going to have a bigger Social Security than my wife. So let's take hers first at six, when she turns 62 and let's take mine when I turn 70. So when she outlives me by 10 years, she gets the bigger payment. And that's as far as we go. 
Yep. Um, and I just don't think that's analysis. I just think that's the most you know, conventional wisdom, so to speak. You hit something, you know, really, really specific that needs to be addressed because I think this happens quite a bit. You have um, a husband and a wife, maybe the husband's a little bit older, older, um, or he worked more because the wife stayed home for a good portion of the career to take care of the kids. So her social security number is much lower. But so the husband's uh, a little older and um, maybe the health is poor. And so he's like, well, I want to take social security as soon as possible. Cause I'm not probably, my dad didn't, my dad died at 72. My uncle died at 65. And so I'm not going to probably live very long, but in that scenario, he really needs to wait till he's 70 to take social security and maximize his income because he's got the higher social security benefit. Because when he dies, the wife's check goes away and the wife gets to keep the husband's larger check in that scenario. So, and then it doesn't matter, you know, male or female, it's whoever has the higher check, the survivor keeps the higher check. So the longevity of the youngest spouse, in addition to who has the higher social security benefit. So a lot of that comes into play. I have a very specific question that we'll wait to answer till the next break. But um, it's what if you married someone 20 years younger than you and you die before she hits retirement age and you haven't taken your retirement We'll answer that when we come back. We'll also have a big event uh, plug for Saturday, October 28th, the seven retirement readiness tests. Can you pass them all with CFP Chadburg and Crown Plaza? Foster City, 10 to noon. That's two days. You can sign up for it at chadburton.com. That's two days from now, chadburton.com or Rob Black Show. This interview featured on the Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. I'm Rob Black. Joining me today is CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at chadburton.com or you can go to EP Wealth. Look for their advisors. You'll figure out he's in the San Mateo and Pacific Northwest Vancouver area. You can find him online at either of those, but you can also find his podcast. Uh, It's a weekly podcast. It is a bullet shot into financial planning, uh, whereas I'm much more one-inch deep and a mile wide. He is a bullet shot. And uh, his podcast is New Focus on Wealth uh, at all the available podcast areas like Spotify and Apple and uh, Google. So you can find that easily. With that said, he's going to be in the event this Saturday, 10 to noon in San Mateo, Foster City, particularly 92 and 101, uh, where they intersect the Crown Plaza. Going to be doing the last live event in person. Um, the seven test of retirement readiness. It's a pretty new event for him, uh, but it's, it covers a lot of the content that's also in wealth preservation and retirement planning, but it's pushing it down to a test. Can you pass? It's a brilliant concept for marketing. It's a brilliant concept for financial planning. It's a brilliant concept for individuals to figure out what benchmark where they are in the readiness for retirement. Chad, I ask you going into break, what happens if hypothetical I have a wife that's 20 years younger than me. I don't. But what happens if I never take my reti- my social security and I die? Can she still take my social security? Yeah. Yeah. So there is benefits. 20, for, years, before she, 20 years before she retires. Yeah. So okay. actually, if, if, if your spouse benefit. passes away, you can start taking uh, social security at age 60, a spousal benefit at age 60. And, and you could even go as low as 50 if you happen to be old for some reason. Um, but there's a reduced amount and then that reduced amount gets lower. The the reduction gets smaller and smaller as that 
spouse, the surviving spouse gets closer to full retirement age. So typically there's a, a widow's benefit and then a, and then you switch to your own if it's greater at some point. Um, and that's where it does get a, a little bit confusing. It, it, you know, I'm going to give you something that um, came up in an event the other day okay. um, where a person was able to go refile their tax return and get back thousands of dollars. So their spouse had passed away and there is up to two more tax returns in some cases that you can do married filing jointly, even when your spouse passes away. So it's, it's not, it's a specific uh, election that, what is it? Um, married filing jointly or survivor. I can't, I don't know why I'm spacing it off the top of my head, but there are a lot of confusing things that happen when a spouse passes away between, okay, now I got to cut off their social security income, but switch to their benefit. And then how do I file my taxes in the year of, and the year after, um, a lot of issues that that go on there, and you, you know the you, the the issue of that younger marriage. That's typically a second marriage, and so the estate planning in this scenario is really important because a lot of times you've got two people coming together. They have their own kids. They have their own assets. Um, typically, they have a living trust, a joint living trust that specifies separate property and community property, and how that property is distributed between taking care of the surviving spouse, but then money going to their own kids afterwards. So that's especially when you're going into a marriage and there's a big age difference or there's a second marriage situation, that's when it's really important to uh, really have a very clear estate plan so that you say, hey, I want to I want to make sure that my spouse can stay in the home for a certain period of time and has enough money to do that. But then whatever's left over, I want it to go to my kids. Because what if that spouse, that younger spouse gets remarried when I die? They probably will. So then all of a sudden, if all the assets go to her or him, then, and they pass away and they don't do a plan, every state has an estate plan for you. It says next of kin, and that could be their children or even their spouse in some cases, if you don't do your estate planning. We don't Can you imagine that, Rob? You're, you, you, you get all your children are completely cut out of the estate and it goes to your spouse's second marriage after you pass away. <laughs> that's really, that's, that's why you that's trust, really right? concerning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love you trust. So, but not that much. Um, <laughs> any last topics you want to hit? Cause we, we left a lot on the table today and this is our last segment. Yeah. You know, I think that part of, you know, being 10 years out from retirement and that's really when it's key to do a really comprehensive financial plan, a projection, you know, you should, if you have a financial advisor that you're paying 1% plus to have your money managed, you should have a website that you can log into not only see your asset allocation and your performance, but also what does my cash flow look like? How long my money is my money going to last? What's my net worth going to be when I'm 90? What's my tax bracket when I'm 85? You should be able to see all of that information. That's part of a true comprehensive financial plan. Cause if you're paying 1% and just getting a pie chart portfolio, you're, you're, uh, you're wasting money. I hear you. At the event, I'm going to go over how CFPs work with my life. You just told me during the commercial break, talk to Brad, who's my CFP, about a REIT that EP uh, is offering. And uh, I plan to have that talk. And the nice thing about Brad is he calls me typically every two months and he reaches out to me and I want to enjoy retirement, Chad. That's kind of what it's all about for me at this point. And maybe I'll still do a podcast. Maybe I'll still do events with you. I'd like to. Um but I also want to be like in France for two weeks uh, at a time, uh, kind of enjoying the sunshine. Any final thoughts? Yeah. Well, and part of the seven tests is like, you know, those types of things. What are you going to do in retirement? You're going to go to France. What are you, your fitness, 
your sense of belonging, um, your social network, all of that stuff is almost more important than how much money you have. Yeah. And my spouse has a degree in museum studies and last 15 years, we haven't been to a lot of museums. So I kind of owe it to her if that makes sense. Um, so the big seven test of retirement readiness is this Saturday, 10 to noon. It's the Crown Plaza Hotel. Great, easy parking, easy to get to right off 92 and 101. Um, it's a good event. It's a new event. Uh, get there a little early. You can talk to Chad and myself and Chad's bringing a couple financial planners. So it's free access to a financial planner with specific questions. If you come to the event, you're entitled to a complimentary portfolio review. Um, and that's you know, worth $500 to $1,000 of time. So uh, take us up on that. Uh, you should have $500,000 or more cruising towards retirement. Mid-50s is ideal. Up to your 70s is also ideal. Everyone needs help in retirement with financial planning issues. Chad, thanks for being on this week, and we look forward to seeing you at the event. People can find Chad Burton. He's a certified financial planner and a regional director for EP Wealth at epwealth.com or his website, chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. Big event this weekend, Saturday, 10 to noon, Crown Plaza Hotel, San Mateo, California, the seven test of retirement readiness. Last live event of the year, sign up at Rob Black Show or chadburton.com. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors, Saturday, October 28th in San Mateo. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary, and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate, and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness, Saturday, October 28th, 10 a.m. to noon at the Crown Plaza in San Mateo. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.